You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Did you, what are you drinking? What do you? I got well in honor of uh, being on. But first, let's talk nerdy. I've, I've got a seltzer here. Oh damn! Yeah, that was. I'm not drinking one right now, but that's what we were drinking. I'm, I'm trying to be on brand for this show, so I yes. have to start at least. Well, I may move on from here, but I've got a. a that's fair. That's got fair. a truly uh, passion fruit. Passion fruit. It's a good choice. Good choice. Yes. Good choice. I know black cherry is not allowed on this show. No, <laughs> we do not allow that bullshit in our our. It is not welcome. In this it house. Is not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone. Uh, we talked about it briefly last episode, mm-hmm. so that other voice you're hearing, that man you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I know. There's very few men we will let on this podcast, so <laughs> welcome. This is Kevin from the Flopcast. Welcome, hey. welcome. Hi. How you doing? All the way in, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Is it cold there? You know, today was freakishly warm. It was like upper oh, 50s oh. today. Oh, look at that. Same weather as here. Yeah. Yeah, see Imagine. that? Mm-hmm. Vegas and Massachusetts. They're They're so alike. Just today, though. Just today. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah, I went out. I ran a 10K this afternoon. The weather was gorgeous. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't did, run a 10K. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go to the gym, and then I didn't. And then I was like, oh, no, I still have to write a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to uh, your next episode while I was running. The best motivation, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. By the time this show comes out, it will have been your previous episode. Yes. Yes. This is like our podcast crossover because uh, yes. this show is going to come out just a couple of days after the Flopcast episode comes out where, where you two are the guest on my show. Yes. And yeah. now I'm so excited to be here on your show for this uh, holiday crossover spectacular or whatever. Yes. <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of booze. Lots of fun. Yes. So I've got the seltzer ready to go. On the Flopcast, we drink coffee, but I know the rules on this show yeah none of that here <laughs> there can be coffee there just has to be a significant yes. amount of alcohol there just there can be we had coffee with booze in it earlier yes. that's how we started it yeah that's acceptable in fact my instructions were to pre-game yes for this and so yeah i, I had a round of boozy eggnog with felicity with my wife uh, earlier this evening yes it's a good way that's what like i said that's what i'm drinking right now i have Boozy almond milk eggnog. <laughs> nice. So now I've got the seltzer. There you go. What do you have, Martha? I have a seltzer because I'm not really an eggnog girl. No. I drink it occasionally. <laughs> yeah. But I always put booze in it. Yeah, no. There's always booze. This I have chocolate well, liqueur in it right now. Like, oh, nice. Boring eggnog is yeah. acceptable. Sorry, Panda keeps sexing us. <laughs> and we can, it's on our phones and on Martha's iPad, so it's everywhere. Got a Glitter bomb Christmas card from Panda right here. Yep, yep, yep. We got ours yesterday, too. <laughs> I saved the glitter. We saved the glitter. glitter. I opened that thing so carefully. Yeah, we opened it over a trash bag. <laughs> yeah, me too. I knew what was coming. At least it's not like small, fine glitter. It's not like a true glitter bomb where it will, there's no way it won't get it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they're like little stars. Because <laughs> if I was going to say Yeah, they're it, really cute Christmassy glittery. That's why we're mm-hmm. keeping it. Yes. Our friend Panda, Thanksgiving morning, she drinks 
and she fills out all her Christmas cards. So you get these crazy drunk glitter bomb Christmas cards. And uh, yeah, I'm still finding glitter all over the place. Yes. You always have, you never know. Last year, she sent us a card with a shit ton of glitter that I opened in our office. So it got all over <laughs> the main <laughs> office. But it just said, you cunts in big, giant bottle of letters. <laughs> it was our first year here. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah no this year it was just encouraging crimes and mm-hmm. arson yeah she wanted us to do crime and be gay mm-hmm. and, and burn things shit. on fire yeah <laughs> my card from panda says uh why can't reindeer have a glass of wine it's like santa and the reindeer everybody's drinking I this card. you know why not yeah she added drinks to everybody there's a penguin drinking down at the bottom because I opened this envelope again, I am now officially covered in glitter. Covered in glitter. That's <laughs> but that's okay. Sometimes it's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> All right. So we're on episode 34. 34. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. It's 34. Yeah. But like we said earlier, we are joined by Kevin from the Flopcast. But in case you don't know who we are, I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. With Kevin from the Flopcast. And we are, but first, let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. nerdy. Clink. And clink to you too, Kevin. Clink to you both. Clink. clink. We also can't really see your cock. <laughs> Virtual clink. It was clear. <laughs> well, it is clear. It's glass. <laughs> Why didn't actually clear? Well, I know, but it was funny in the background because yes. we could see the background through it. It oh, does yeah. look really And it like makes you yeah. go away. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. You're right. Yeah, it's kind of distorting the image. So, like, yeah. the Miser Brothers are behind me right now. Does Kevin actually exist? I've got this stupid green screen going. So, like, the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser are back there. And, yeah. The, They're back there. The glass, if I hold it up, kind of makes me disappear. Yep. That's freaky. See, that's why it was weird looking. No, that's fair. You know. You're not wrong. I am not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, that's why it's weird looking. Just a guy with heat miser and snow miser and a <laughs> glass of seltzer and a turkey shirt. That's all you need. This is normal this for is you. Normal yeah, yeah. For you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, we figure you're the guest. Yeah. So you can start first. Yes. I'm going first. Okay. Yes. That seems fair. Oh. Yeah. So all three of us are going to do a topic. Yeah. Martha and I made sure to pick smaller topics <laughs> since there's three of us going today. So it won't be four hours. But yeah, you get to go first. So yeah, I'm not super familiar with your show. So I don't know what the format is exactly how this is supposed to work. You don't listen to it every single week? Not really, no. No, no. no. Okay, well, (laughs) you're going to let us know what you're talking about. We're going to make comments on it. Yeah. And then you're going to talk about it. And we're going to make comments on it while you talk about it. We can do that. I'm pretty sure Kevin has been fake editing our show for like... <laughs> Kevin, you've been sending it off to edit for someone else. Yeah, Kevin. I kind of... All my editing work, I farm it out to uh, people in other, other countries who I've never actually met. I pay them $3 a week and they edit everything <laughs> for me. It's great. On the other hand, at least somebody's getting paid at all to do It's this. true. <laughs> this is true. They're making a lot more money than we are. And we don't get paid to do this. No. If you start paying us to do this, people, maybe we can pay Kevin. Maybe we'll do a better job. No. There is big money in podcasting. That's what we've all learned. It's true. We know <laughs> we can make lots of money. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a subject for you. All right. All what right. are you talking about today? I am talking about what is probably my very favorite 
Christmas cartoon special of all time. And I'm thinking it's one that you two, it's probably not one of your favorites. So I figured I was safe. I didn't want to uh, <laughs> steal a subject that uh, you guys were going to do. But what I want to talk about is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Have you both seen Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol? It's been a long time, but I have seen it. Yes. I think it's my favorite. I love it so much. <laughs> it's definitely a favorite, <laughs> I would say. That's fair. And there's so many of them that you could argue would be your favorite going back to the 60s when the Christmas specials started and Rudolph was the first one from Rankin Bass. That was 1964. Charlie Brown Christmas was 1965. The Grinch was 1966. So what a run we were on, you know, at that point, you know? Damn. Like Disney's golden age of the 90s. Christmas golden age of the 60s. It totally was, yeah, mid '60s, and then you know all the Rankin Bass stuff that came after that, and then they just kept going through the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and, and so on. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol predates all of that. Really, it was the first TV animated Christmas special. They beat Rudolph by a couple of years. It was 1962. Oh my God, it was first. Yeah, uh, directed by Abe Levito, produced by Lee Orgel. Uh, Mr. Magoo, it, and it's from an animation studio or from a studio, movie studio called UPA, which had an animation department. Uh, you know, Mr. Magoo had been around since 1949. Do you know who was the voice of Mr. Magoo? Absolutely not. Nope. Because it's somebody that, that you two know, because I know that you were Gilligan's Island fans. Oh. Mr. Magoo was Jim Backus. That's the millionaire, Thurston Howell. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yes. And when you watch it now, next time you watch it, you'll recognize it's absolutely that same voice. It's the millionaire. (laughs) And the format of Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, they made it like it's a play within a Christmas special. So it's like Mr. Magoo is on Broadway as an actor (laughs) playing Ebenezer Scrooge in a Broadway production of A Christmas Carol. I love it. So the show opens with he's driving to the theater and singing a song and then going into, into the theater. So in the, the framing sequences, for the most part, with uh, the outside at the theater and then again at the end, that's really the only part where they use the typical Mr. Magoo kind of gags, you know, because that character, the whole premise was was he's... He's like blind. Nearsighted, yeah, essentially practically blind. <laughs> and it's, I don't know how appropriate this is, but but, but it's, it's... It's not super great. It's really not. Everything is so problematic and nothing has aged well. But yeah, it's a bunch of... Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of vision impairment jokes. Martha's fave. That's what entertained people in the, in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, the whole entrance into uh, the theater, he's singing a song uh, called uh, It's Great to Be Back on Broadway. I remember it. The songs in this show are fantastic. The songs were all composed by these two guys, Jules Stein and Bob Merrill. And these are like Broadway caliber songs because these were actual Broadway musical composers. Dang. Yeah, like these guys have solid Broadway credits. They wrote the music for Gypsy and they wrote the music for Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand and, and a, a bunch of like actual Broadway musicals. I love a good musical. The songs are fantastic in this, like way better than they have any right to be for a, a Christmas cartoon. <laughs> for Mr. Magoo's yes. Christmas yes. cartoon. <laughs> yes, a, a lot of them, and a lot of them really seem, they seem very theatrical. 
as you watch them even. So, so you get the vision impairment gags at the beginning. Like he, he walks into the restaurant next to the theater because he reads <laughs> the sign wrong. And these guys like drag him out the back door of the restaurant and shove him into the stage door. And then he's inside and he accidentally goes into the women's changing room, dressing room. <laughs> director pulls him out and shoves him onto the stage to start the show. And then as Magoo's going on stage, he accidentally pulls a rope and then a, a sandbag drops down and right. knocks out the director. How many sandbags are there actually in any? So, I mean, I think back in the day, sandbags literally were what was used to like lift things up and down because they were heavy and there weren't like mechanics. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense. But I'm guessing in the 60s, there were mechanics and not sandbags. So... This isn't the 1700s. The only way I know anything is by what I've seen in cartoons. And the theater, as far as I can tell, it's all about sandbags. The theater. It's either sandbags or uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yes. But Phantom of the Opera took place in the, like, 1700s, so they'd have sandbags. They're allowed to have sandbags (laughs) and also chandeliers. And chandeliers. (laughs) Giant chandeliers. Absolutely. So once Magoo has been shoved on stage, now we go into the Christmas Carol story. And uh, we don't have to dwell on the plot in too much detail of A Christmas Carol. We all know the plot of A Christmas Carol. I thought you might. I thought you might. But as we go in and we're at the uh, the offices of Scrooge and Marley, it starts with there's some children caroling outside. And, and uh, Scrooge opens the door and just screams at the kids to, to get out of there. He's, he's just like, these cute little kids are singing beautifully. And he's just like, be gone. So I've never know. related to Scrooge so much before. Say, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to our last episode, but that is essentially We talked about that caroling. Yes, in our last episode about Christmas caroling. Don't fucking come to my apartment in Christmas Carol. I will slam the door on you. No one wants to hear you sing off key. We are just like Scrooge in that respect. But then there's more guests at the door because then uh, these charity collector dudes show up. These two weird looking old guys, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, collecting donations for the poor. And they've got those the goofy, crazy hair. Like one of them just has these two white streaks on each side. Yes. The other guy has he has two hairs. There's just from each ear. There's just one long curly hair <laughs> comes off on Weird. each side. Yes. It stresses me out. <laughs> uh, Scrooge is like, well, don't the poor people are? Don't we have prisons and poor houses that they can go to? Charity, <laughs> charity guys are like. I'm afraid that we do, I'm sad to say, which we didn't, but some people would rather die than go there. And Scrooge is like, well, maybe they should. Then that would just do, (laughs) that would decrease the surplus population. What's crazy about this though, is that a lot of this dialogue was coming straight out of Dickens. A lot of the language is very adult. And that's something that we lost as the years went along as far as Christmas cartoons, you know, because yep. they fell into a pattern and a routine of, well, this is for kids. So we've, we have to dumb everything down. Which it definitely is not for kids. Yeah, but they didn't know that when they were making this thing. They were just pulling dialogue right out of the book. So you got <laughs> these. fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, like <laughs> dark, serious, complex language right out of Dickens and stuff about death and stuff that they, oh, they totally would have cleaned it up if this had happened a few years later. <laughs> Who doesn't love the original dark version that it's they true. didn't edit? It's true. <laughs> so Scrooge chases the charity guys away, just like the caroling kids. Then he, he breaks into his next musical number, which is Ringle Ringle. Yes. Coins how they jingle. Mm-hmm. So he's just counting his money and playing with his pile of gold coins on his desk <laughs> and just singing about how great money is. 
uh, meanwhile, we got Bob Cratchit in the uh, in the next room, you know, his uh, his employee, and Bob Cratchit starts singing about how he's cold. Oh, they sing it together. Begging Mr. Scrooge for a lump of coal so he can heat the other room where, where he is because he's freezing cold. Should have asked Santa. I was going to say, should have just been bad all year. Santa would have given That's him right. <laughs> Santa is dealing out the coal to uh, problem children. That's a good point. <laughs> But yeah, Martha, you're right. Like as they intertwine the vocals between Scrooge singing about his money and Cratchit singing about how he's freezing cold. And because these are beautifully constructed, like Broadway style songs, they're singing together. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. (laughs) Scrooge goes home. Of course, he sees some some images of uh, the ghost of Jacob Marley quickly on his door knocker and then in in the fire inside. And he thinks he's just seeing things. He he blames it on his, uh, his gruel, his miserable gruel goes to bed and then of course uh the ghost of jacob marley comes stomping up the stairs with his chains mm-hmm. with the chains and it's not just chains it's like lock boxes like cash boxes are hanging <laughs> right. off it's like this giant crazy yeah if i'm gonna get chained to anything it might as well be my <laughs> caps yeah, actually, that's much more realistic. It's something that I'll actually have as opposed to lock boxes of money. <laughs> LOL. Your ghost will just be surrounded by ghost cats. They'll be the best. <laughs> An army of ghost cats. That'll be sick. That'll be so sick. So Marley, you know, when he's he's uh, lecturing uh, Scrooge, of course, and and whatnot. And, and a couple of times he just he just lets out these weird yells just for no reason out of this whoa! I was gonna say I literally can picture it. Yeah, he does that <laughs> two or three times. It's kind of weird like yelling, wailing. Yeah, it's like a yawn, scream kind of thing. All year long, I'm reminded of this because sometimes if I will yawn like a crazy person, <laughs> and Felicity <laughs> will say like, "Yeah, good job, Marley. Thanks, Marley." Like she, yeah, yeah she calls me on how my yawn is like uh, Jacob Marley's. Well, you should chill the hell out on that yawning. I mean, it sounds like she's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're always going to back. This is a Felicity. pro oh, podcast. <laughs> absolutely. She's right. And she is up here. You know? You're a little bit lower than her. Sorry. <laughs> this is how it is. I should probably get more sleep, I guess, is what we're it's saying. Just drink, you know, more coffee, apparently. <laughs> Marley takes off. Scrooge goes back to sleep. Then, of course, we get the Ghost of Christmas present, which is weird because they switched up the order of the ghosts for the cartoon. I was going to say, yeah, did I miss wrong. the pass? Yeah. Was I not paying so I know, literally, I was like, I did, I, did I really not zone in that much? Yeah, Brittany, you thought you, thought you blacked out for 10 minutes there? <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, do I know where I am right now? Did I really not like? I know I go in and out of conversations, but was it that bad? It stuck on the ghost no. and I guess I came back now. I'm Ooh. still riding the Felicity bandwagon. I hear you. You and me both. Ghost of Christmas present shows up. What's confusing to me as a little kid, and I'm guessing to a lot of little kids watching the show, because he's a big guy with a big white beard, so he looks like Santa. You know, I'm watching a Christmas special, and he doesn't have the red suit and the hat. He's wearing kind of a weird white robe kind of thing, but it looks very much like Santa Claus. Imposter. Yes. Who came first, the ghost of Christmas present or Santa Claus? Well, Christmas Carol's from the mid-1800s. No, I'm pretty sure Santa Claus came before that because he's based off of St. Nick. Yeah, you, you explored this on last week's episode. I, last week, <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> the voice of the Ghost of Christmas present was Les Tremaine. 
It was actually very important in my childhood because of the old Shazam TV series. (laughs) (laughs) It was a live action Captain Marvel Shazam superhero Saturday morning show. It's so stupid and ridiculous and I love it. But this guy was on that show. Was he Shazam? He was not Shazam. He was, uh, his character was called Mentor. He was like this old dude that traveled around with Billy Batson. Was he the mentor? He was the mentor. Yeah. Very very creative DC. Yeah, his name was Mentor. He was a mentor. Mm-hmm. But this is like a decade earlier than Shazam. He was the ghost of Christmas present. This is why he became Shazam. They were like, you were so good at fake Santa Claus. That's how he got the job. So ghost of Christmas present takes uh, Scrooge to Bob Cratchit's house. So here we see the Bob Cratchit family. He's got the wife and a big pack of kids. Tiny Tim. So Scrooge is getting a look at Cratchit's family and seeing how poor they are. What struck me every year watching it, though, is the house is huge. Of course. <laughs> the Cratchits live in like a warehouse. They have like 30,000 square feet. So I'm thinking if, 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 if times are so tough, maybe they should downsize a little yeah. bit, you know? <laughs> also, another cost-cutting measure is the daughter is like as tall as the parents. She seems to be fully grown. I think I think they could marry off the daughter, you know? I was going to go to sex working, but I'm <gasps> glad you went with married off. That's much better. That is much better. No, they. if you remembered anything from my my uh, Christmas story last week, they don't have any money. And in that time, if you don't have money, you can't get your daughter to be married off because there's no dowry. So they have to go into sex working unless St. Nick gives them money. Okay. So that's why she's still in the house. They can't marry her off. She has to turn to sex work. Yep. Okay. Which is fine. Yes. I mean, you know. We, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. I just rather it be your choice. <laughs> yes. She could already be a sex worker and we just didn't learn that in the cartoon. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You so don't know. They break into a song which almost brings me to tears. The Cratchit family starts singing a song called The Lord's Bright Blessing at the table. All the children start singing like asking for things. Could we have a Christmas tree? All the stuff that they're wishing for. And then they're asking for food. Like the the mother is scooping out like spoonfuls of soup into each bowl for them. And the kids are singing about, could we have a, have a turkey? What's wrong with soup? Soup is fine. I love soup. Oh yeah. I made soup today. I love soup. I would rather soup over turkey dinner. These kids could, they should get a talking to from Brittany about why don't you appreciate be great. Appreciate soup. <laughs> Appreciate the soup, kids. It is cold out and soup is great when it's cold. It's good stuff. Appreciate soup. Now I want soup. The kids have their verse where they ask for everything. And then Bob Cratchit sings his verse in which he explains that they can't afford anything. I know. Yeah, Why doesn't yeah. the mom go get a job if the daughter seems as big as they are? Like She could watch the kids. She can watch the kids. Mom, look, guess what? You can't be a one adult working family. Every family needs two working adults because everything's too expensive. Mom, go get a job. The three of us should really sit down with the Cratchits for some financial planning. Seriously, they clearly need some help. (laughs) It's a lot of room that you have. He should also get another job because Scrooge is a fucking asshole (laughs) and he's a shit ass boss. Go oh, find okay. another job that'll pay you enough so that you can get ahead on Christmas. And honestly, steal stuff from Scrooge on the way out. Take those staples. He's got so much money, he probably won't notice. He should be cleaning out the supply cabinet every night. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Of course, Tiny Tim through the whole song, he's just screaming about razzleberry dressing. Yes. You know, that's all he wants. That's all he wants. All right, so the Ghost of Christmas present takes off. Ghost of Christmas past shows up. And we're all confused where the timeline is. I was all confused by this ghost because it's it's sort of androgynous. Like, I was always trying to figure out, is this a little boy? Is this a little girl? It's this odd little character. Yes, her age, they don't really. Yeah. It was it's a, it's a gender ghost. Gender is an illusion. Gender is an illusion. Also, definitely for ghosts. Yeah. Not in the 60s. <laughs> but... You're a ghost. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Especially kids. Little kids, you never freaking know. It was fine. It, it seemed to be some kind of a little kid. All right. Ghost of Christmas Past uh, takes Magoo back to, they're, they're on a hill overlooking a little small town. And she's like, do you recognize this? And, and Magoo's like, I was a boy here. And she says, do you remember the way? And he's like, remember, I could walk it blindfolded, which always seems stupid because there's just one road leading down the hill straight to the town. So yeah, I mean, I could get there too. And yeah. Mr. McGoo is is pretty blind. Yeah, he's all proud of himself. Yes, I know the way. Oh, you mean down this one road? You know that way? Okay. <laughs> but then we cut to this little schoolroom, and now we see young Ebenezer Scrooge, this little kid Ebenezer Scrooge, who's left alone in his schoolroom. Apparently, everybody else that goes to the school has gone home for Christmas but nobody cares about Scrooge. He starts singing this song. And I mean, this it's a rip your heart out song uh, called Alone in the World. And it's just this little kid singing about how he's all alone in the world. Well, I think I remember this one yeah. real well. It's rough. I mean, <laughs> he goes up to the chalkboard. He puts his hand up on the chalkboard, draws a chalk outline of his hand, and then tries to shake hands with the hand that he drew. He tries to hold it. Oh. Why wouldn't he just shake his own hand? First of all, you <laughs> should have done the other side because you can't shake the same side. All he did was smudge the chalk on the chalkboard. Just go to a random supermarket and grab random people. Just, sit, just sit on your hand so you can't <laughs> feel one of them. <laughs> I'm just going to shake this dead hand. There, that's better. Now I feel like I have a human connection in the world. <laughs> you can't feel one of them. It, it's, it's all weird. better. We just cured loneliness. Good job. Yeah, not the way that I wanted to cure loneliness. Ugh. So then the old ghost Ebenezer Scrooge starts singing in harmony with the little kid Scrooge. Oh, so now uh, the ghost uh, jumps Scrooge over to their next stop is now we get to meet the young adult Scrooge working for Fezziwig. You know Fezziwig. Fezziwig. I just like saying that. Yeah. Or as they called him in Muppet Christmas Carol, Fezziwig. Ah. <laughs> waka waka. In Magoo's Christmas Carol, Fezziwig is voiced by Paul Fries. And this is one of those classic voice guys that you hear in everything. And he did a lot of the Christmas specials as well. So like the Burgermeister. Oh, Burgermeister, Meister Burger. Yeah, when Fezziwig talks, you can tell that's the Burgermeister. He's got that great <laughs> deep voice. Yeah, he does a whole bunch of voices in this one. But but Fezziwig is there, and they, they clear the, the room for a big Christmas party. And you see all these goofy-looking people dancing. And then we see young Ebenezer Scrooge with his girlfriend, because he has a girl back yes, then. Yes, that girl. Yeah, the girl. Her name is Belle. And I think her name is Belle because her hair is shaped like a bell. <laughs> it goes up to this weird point. Weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah. And then Belle kind of ditches Scrooge. Yeah, because Scrooge was a dick. Yeah. She's like, all you care about is money now. So uh, 
We're done. Our kind of guy. I mean, yeah. If all you care about, all you're gonna do is work. That's fine. Well, if all you're gonna do is work, well, I just get to not have to work, (laughs) and you can pay for everything. Spend your money. That's fine. We are in agreement. This is where we want to be. Could have worked something out. Yeah. Love's overrated. You know, Belle sings a song (laughs) called "Winter Was Warm." (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of this slow, sad song, nostalgic for how, how things used to be better. Well, yeah, winter, winter must be warm for you in Vegas, right? Probably. Yeah. At night, it can get in the 30s. Okay. It was weirdly warm here today. It, it got up to like almost 60 here in Massachusetts today. December is always can be weird in Massachusetts. Yes. It can be real cold or it can be like, here's a bunch of 60. Yep. And you're like, yep. okay. <laughs> And then you're like, it's fine. I'm going to be miserable for the next three, three months. months. Four. April's pretty <laughs> fucking miserable, too. Oh, yeah. April's like, yay, it's April, but it's always It's awful. a trick. It's a trick. It's always a trick. Every year I fall for it. April will I, break your heart. But not here, because by March, we're back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I was there in March with you in Vegas. It was it was delightful. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. All right, Ghost of Christmas Past gets out of there. Uh, she's She, she kind of laughs maniacally. It's scary. She just starts laughing and laughing at Scrooge and kind of rises up into the air and disappears. And we get the Ghost of Christmas yet to come, which is the super creepy. It's just like that giant yep. skeleton kind of thing in a robe. He looks you know? like death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the best, obviously. Doesn't speak, just nods. Mm-hmm. Points. Yes, nods and points. Sorry, I'm the Ghost of the Future and also you're dead. <laughs> Spoiler. The first stop they make is just on a random street corner, and there's these uh, two or three guys are hanging around. There's a guy who just died, and they're all just kind of chuckling about it. Who cares that he's dead? Uh, the interesting thing about this scene is that one of them is uh, using snuff tobacco, like like opens up <laughs> opens up a little box and Ew. pulls out the thing and shoves it up his nose. That's in the cartoon. I didn't know that was a thing with oh tobacco. Oh yeah, snuff. Don't I didn't know that was a tobacco thing. Whenever I think of nose things, I just think of coke. Yeah. <laughs> don't do coke, guys. Yeah, it's bad for you. <laughs> don't put things in your nose. <laughs> don't no. put things in your nose in general. Don't yeah. inject things into you. Yeah. Don't do it. When I was in high school, they sniffed ground up smarties. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Why? Yeah. Ignore. Yeah. Because we're fucking dumb fucking teenagers. (laughs) Don't snuff snuff smarties either, everyone. Who is this? Of like kids our age. High school. In high school. You knew kids that were snorting smarties? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Wow. I'm like, you know that does nothing. So I think I would rather snort smarties than eat like a Tide Pod. I mean, absolutely. Of course. But like, I would rather do neither of those. Don't snort things. It's just, it's so completely bizarre that they actually included that in this cartoon. Yeah. You watch a guy stuff tobacco up his nose. That makes sense. I know his nose. Like, it was not even like chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I really did not know that that was a thing that you did with tobacco. I did not know that people literally. Yeah. After tonight's show, like Google snuff tobacco. I don't want to. <laughs> It's something I don't want to do, but you know what? You'll probably find some a picture of it happening on our Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> totally gross. I agree. Uh, what what I love about the scene though is uh, Scrooge as he's watching these guys. He's looking around. He's like, "Who are they talking about? I wonder who they're talking about." And then he goes, "Also, where am I? I'm always here at this hour of the day." <laughs> There's a snuff world cup. 
in fucking Germany, everyone. <gasps> there is a World Cup championship in fucking Germany for snuffing tobacco. I'm done. I'm done with this world. This is our last episode. I like how you said you were not going to Google snuff. And I instantly did it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next uh, Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come takes Scrooge to a junk shop. And here, I think, Martha, you and I have discussed this scene. This is the best part of the whole show. The junk shop where you see these creepy people stalking into the store. Yes. And inside. So there's the old junk man that runs the shop and the laundress. The char woman, which is like an old timey, old timey <laughs> term for a cleaning person, and the undertaker, and these are three people who have stolen stuff from a dead guy. I mean, why not? Yeah, and like I've got his bed curtains, and I've got his boots, and here's his here's <laughs> yep. his cufflinks, and the cufflinks are monogrammed. They say E S. Oh, who could it be? Who could it be? Who has a name? Beginning Tiny with Tim. The f- <laughs> they must belong to Tiny Tim, and then the, the four of them line up and sing a song and it's just yep it's just the greatest thing that ever happened it is the best they sing a song called we're despicable yes the whole song is just about how horrible they are (laughs) at least they fucking know they're owning that shit throughout the song as they sing they're stealing from each other and (laughs) pounding each other with giant hammers yeah they throw their mouths open Mm -hmm. and the screen just shows nothing but their giant open mouths they're all missing teeth Gross. <laughs> There's nothing worse than bad dental hygiene. It's so great. It's the best. Then we immediately jump to Bob Cratchit's house where everybody's weeping because Tiny Tim is dead. So, you know. I told you. Yeah. I mean, um, don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson of this podcast. <laughs> Literally. Have the one thing. Don't have kids. That's the lesson of a Christmas carol. We thought about having 30 dogs instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Scrooge wakes up, he goes to his window, and at this point, even though we're still inside Christmas Carol, now they start doing a bunch of vision impairment jokes, just like it's a regular Mr. Magoo cartoon. (laughs) All of a sudden... Bringing it back. Yeah, suddenly they're doing blind guy jokes. He looks out the window, there's a snowman down on the street, and there's a kid like kind of hiding behind the snowman, but he thinks he's talking to the snowman, he thinks that's a person... And it's this little kid. And this is the kid, you know, Christmas Carol. He's like, is that turkey still for sale around the corner? The one that's as big as me. Kid's got the crazy uh, British Cockney accent. Scrooge gets ready to go outside to pay for the turkey when it shows up. And he's walking down his hall, stops at a mirror or what he thinks is a mirror. And he's like, oh, look at me. I, I can't go out looking like this. And he's looking at a painting. Aww. Well, <laughs> he puts on a top hat. <laughs> Then he comes back outside. He misses the mirror again. This time he stops in front of a statue of a guy. And he looks at that and says, okay, that's better. Then he goes outside. So now he's just wearing like his nightgown and a top hat. Goes outside. The dude from the butcher shop has shown up holding the giant turkey. He pokes at the turkey like, oh, yeah, that's a big turkey. But he's actually poking the guy's belly. (laughs) Then he goes to shake the guy's hand, but he shakes a turkey leg. Ah, so no wonder you love this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> There's so much turkey action. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good turkey action. Is it the wing or the leg? Does he shake the leg or the wing? He shakes the wing. Shakes the wing. Yeah. Good catch. My Great. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> God, also imagine like you're a person who can't see and you grab a turkey leg. 
That's going to a turkey leg wing. Turkey wing. A turkey leg wing. <laughs> it's going to feel very bad. Don't even bother. You're dying. This doesn't matter this anymore. <laughs> All right, so Scrooge shows up at Cratchit's house, and they've got the turkey. He's got other delivery guys bring in a Christmas tree. He's throwing sacks of money at all the children. They sing a uh, reprise of uh, the Lord's Great Blessing, where now the kids are all singing about, oh, now we do have a Christmas tree. They get all the things. They've got their turkey. They've got their razzleberry dressing. Tiny Tim is stuffing his face with razzleberry dressing. Everything's great. What are razzleberries? I have no idea what razzleberries are. Are they like a legit berry? Like, like I'm raspberries, getting like raspberries. It might just be snuff tobacco. It's going to say it's just some Coke. Yeah. That's where Coke started. Probably. Probably. You squeeze those berries and then you sniff it. Don't sniff things, kids. No, don't sniff anything ever. So it's the end of the show. They pull back. We're in the theater again. The whole cast comes out, takes a bow. Magoo pulls the director out on stage again. Everybody applauds. Magoo accidentally catches the rope again. This time, it's not just a sandbag. The whole set crashes down. Of course. Right, right on top of the director. I'm pretty sure he's killed. <laughs> I think there's a <laughs> dead. I think there's an actual death at the end of this cartoon. And Magoo is just so pleased with himself. And he says, Magoo, you've done it again. You've brought the house down. <laughs> and we go to credits. Uh, Magoo's Christmas Carol is, uh, there've been some DVD and some Blu-ray releases. So it's out there. They show it on TV sporadically. Once in a while, it might pop up. But sometimes they cut scenes out of it. Mm -hmm. Commercial breaks. We're not going to show any snuffing of tobacco, yeah. commercial breaks. They cut entire songs and entire pieces out of it sometimes. So uh, I would avoid the TV versions, but it is, you can watch it for free online if you can't find it anywhere else. I, I looked it up today and it was on uh, dailymotion.com. You could watch the whole thing. Yeah. Online. This is a show that I've watched every year for as long as I can remember. Um, I forgot to give my sources. I know that's the format. You give your sources yeah, on the show. Usually yeah. we try to, but this happens often with yeah. us too. My sources were uh, watching it my whole life, of course. <laughs> a yeah. lifetime of this. Yeah. I did check in on Wikipedia today to uh, just get the, you know, some mm -hmm. basic facts and stuff. And I also have this, Felicity gave me this book a few years ago. See, Felicity's the best. You know, there's a jar of uh, razzleberry dressing, a candle in a jar of razzleberry dressing on the cover. Oh. But th this was like a special limited edition book that this guy made a few years ago. I think there's only 250 of these Dang. they made a later version as well but she was probably so excited when she found she that so hyped to yeah hyped that's one of those hype presents where you find something and you're so excited to give it to someone <laughs> this book is amazing and it's mr magoo's christmas carol the making of the first animated christmas special by Daryl Van Sitters, who signed the book, and it's this giant, gorgeous book. And uh, I didn't have time to uh, reread very much of it, but right at the very beginning of this thing, there's a story. Uh, the, the producer, who was uh, Lee Orgel, who actually, it was his idea to even do a, a Magoo Christmas Carol special. After the show first aired in December 1962, his phone rang. The caller said, that was wonderful. You've done something really special here. And he said, your children, your grandchildren, people are going to watch this for generations. That was great. That caller was Walt Disney. Yeah. See? So 
This show, like, it's not as cute as a lot of the other Christmas specials. You know, there's no Santa, there's no little animals, and <laughs> it's a bunch of ghosts and despicable people <laughs> and awful people who are like awful people. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible, grumpy old rich men. People snuffing tobacco. Ew. Yeah, it, so it's horrible and weird, but at the same time, it's hilarious and it's beautiful. The people that made this show, they were on a tight budget. They were on a tight deadline. They didn't know how to make a Christmas special because nobody had ever made a Christmas special before. But what they made was accidentally and quietly a masterpiece. So uh, that is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. That's what I bring to you guys. All right, nice. Here we go. Awesome. I like it. Way to start us off. Yeah, I'm again. We are the Earthstation One Podcast, and we approve this message. Hey, I'm Judy, and I've been a listener of Earthstation One for over 10 years. Yeah, every day while Mike edited together over 550 episodes, you know all that geek-themed blah, blah, blah. I've listened so much that now I hear howdy in my sleep. You, too, can enjoy all the Earthstation One fun wherever fine podcasts are found. Okay, Mike, I did this for you. Are we going to get another dog now? The Earth Station One podcast. Over 10 years for geeks by geeks. All right. We have matching cups. Those are super cute cups. Little snowman mugs. Yeah. I have a penguin one and a Santa one and a Santa's like belt one. So it's red with his like belt going around the center. Those are great. And you've switched to a different beverage for this round. What you got? This round, we have some Swiss Miss Caramel Delight Pop Cocoa. Yep. Um, And then it has some Bailey's and Creme de Cacao in it. Yes. Yeah. So you've got boozified hot chocolate for this round. I like it. Exactly. For this round, I've got Mad Elf beer. Mm. Oh, we're all getting into the Christmas spirit. I like it. Is it a basic bitch IPA? No, no. This is fancy (laughs) stuff, Britt. It says ale brewed with honey and cherries. Nice. And it's it's really strong. Is it? What is it? What's the percent? 11%. Oh, damn. That is real strong. Kevin's going to be hammered after this beer. Yeah. (laughs) So I got to... I gotta sip this carefully. It's okay. By the end, Martha and I can be pretty fucking drunk, depending. All right, Martha, since it is the 34th episode, which is an even episode, you would technically go first, so you can go next. So we find when Martha, Martha likes going second better, but we also find it's better when I go first, because by the time I go second, I'm kind of really drunk and I have <laughs> I struggle real hard going second. So we'll see what happens when I go third. <laughs> You've never had to go third before. Yeah. Yeah. So today I am going to talk about the Krampus. You kind of gave me this topic. I basically was like Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if I can do a whole month of Christmas. I love Christmas things, but all of my Christmas things are not very like not very Christmassy. No, they're just not very good to talk about yeah. on a podcast. And then I was like, Krampus! And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect Martha Christmas topic. 
It is. I'm glad you did it because I would do it, but it's not my Christmas it's kind of spirit, but I want to know about it. Yeah. So. I know very little about Krampus, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's fun. It looks like it would be super, super fun to partake in all of their Krampus stuff, but we'll get into that in a second. So um, I used Wikipedia, obviously, yeah. for sources. Um, and then also, in addition to Wikipedia, I used a couple articles, one that was Who is Krampus? Explaining the Horrific Christmas Beast by Tanya Basu, and then two by Becky Little, Meet Krampus, the Christmas Devil Who Punishes Naughty Children, and How Krampus, the Christmas Devil, Became Cool. Um, I figured you two nerds would talk about positive things. I'm a little surprised, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> So I would go for something a little darker. If you also go for something dark, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so now I'm going to talk about the Krampus, one of the companions of St. Nicholas in several regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Hungary, Northern Italy, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia, and also Germany. The origin is unclear, and uh, some folklorists have postulated as having uh, pre-Christian origins, which I think is Waller. And also the fact that they're like, "Eh, it could come from this and it could come from that is also kind of Christmas is very not Christian. Mm -hmm. Just so everyone knows, it's not. came way before Christianity. So the legend is part of a centuries-old Christmas tradition in Germany and also a bunch of these other countries where... Christmas, 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 that's Christmas traditions, it's all <laughs> one word, <laughs> but yeah, so they would start celebrating Christmas traditions a little bit earlier in December, and uh, the Krampus was created as a counterpart to St. Nicholas, who re- rewarded children with sweets. Krampus, in contrast, would hit children who were bad and stuff them in a sack and take them away to his lair. All I want. Yeah. I am Just wait. Krampus. It gets better. It gets so much better. So according to folklore, uh, Krampus shows up in towns on the night of December 5th, which is also known as Krampus Nacht or Krampus Night. The next day is Nikolaustag, which is St. Nicholas Day. So children would look outside and see if the shoe or boot that they'd left outside either contains presents or a rod that was given to them for bad behavior. I know. A rod? Yeah, like something that you could hit your kids with. I assume that that's not something that's done as much in present day, but I didn't read very much into this, let's be real. Also, Krampus's name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. And he's said to be the son of hell in Norse mythology. And he also shares characteristics with some other scary creatures from Greek mythology, like satyrs and fauns. But there's also some things where they're like, maybe he has something to do with the horned god from pagan mythology because he does have horns. And Christmas is a pagan holiday. And literally, (laughs) my next thing is they like stole it another winter solstice tradition that we would steal mm-hmm. because all of the Christmas traditions are stolen. Yep. <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. We went over that last week. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, which makes sense because he, so Krampus is basically a half goat, half demon. He's a horrific beast that literally beats people into being nice and not naughty. So if you're a bad kid, it comes and beats you up, which <laughs> is lucky. All of this. Awesome. It's the best. Yeah. So Krampus is, he has like big giant horns, dark hair, fangs, and a big long tongue, which is creepy as fuck. Um, and he comes around with chains and a bell and he lashes a bunch of people with birch sticks that are meant to like hit naughty kids. And then the really bad kids, he just takes down to the underworld with him. <laughs> Krampus had his whole heyday and this is who Krampus was. And then um, when postcards started becoming really popular, that's when Krampus became super fucking popular why does krampus take these kids because they're bad but like why where'd he come from oh they don't that's what i was saying they don't a thousand percent know where he came from because it's like kind of it's kind of related to the horn god and it's kind of related to some other things and they're like the history (laughs) is spotty okay um So basically, um, in the 1890s, they started doing, like, Christmas cards and postcards that you could send to people that had, like, cute St. Nicholas pictures on the front. And then they were like, you know what we could also do? Krampus cards. Yeah, called Krampus Carton. You know, it's, it's basically English, but, like, with some jazz on the edge. And some of the, like, greetings that you would have would be Gris von Krampus, which is greetings from Krampus. Um, which showed Krampus stuffing a distressed child into his satchel or preparing to hit one with his bundle. Essentially of what, what Panda sent us. Yeah, basically. Panda didn't send us Christmas cards. She sent us Krampus cards. Yeah. With a shit ton of glitter and then telling us to burn things and to do crime and be gay. Mm-hmm. Being gay isn't a crime, but doing crimes and burning things is a crime. And then after they started becoming popular that way the Krampus cards got a little bit more adult because <laughs> who doesn't love a good monster fucker um. <laughs> so the Krampus postcards were these being sent among adults or the children both some of them were sent to children and some of them were sent to adults right. the probably ones. Krampus fucking ones were probably an adult thing one would hope like, yeah but like some of the Krampus cards that it was like be good or and else Krampus is going to shove you in a bag like, has a bunch of kids in a bag and it's like <laughs> that's the one card you get in December it's like <laughs> I feel fine we should make I a Christmas card I don't have anxiety absolutely <laughs> we're going to make a Krampus Christmas card yes fuck yes but yeah, so the like more adult Krampus cards were like early 20th century and it's like him proposing to women and also like carrying women away and then women be like grabbing the Krampus by the like scruff of the neck and being like, you're a little bitch. Which I'm like, those are the ones that I need to find those. Yes, Do you please. see any of them? I saw a couple. We're going to Google them. But none of the ones where I was like, ooh, I want to see those ones very, 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 very bad. Ooh, I need mm-hmm. to find them. Yeah, and then uh, why do we know about the Krampus literally at all? Because we're in America, and that isn't really our jam. So basically, in 2004, there was a graphic designer named Monty Bochamp, and he published a book of Krampus cards and helped organize an art show um, inspired by the cards. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it kind of got like... There's a movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
called Krampus. Yes, I think the Krampus movie came out in probably like 2015, yeah. I would assume. Wow. So it's just like within the last 16 years then. It's that, recent. It's, yeah. yeah. That people have become aware of mm-hmm. it then. Yeah, I guess that, that tracks. I feel like when I was a kid, nobody was talking about Krampus. <laughs> when we were kids, nobody was talking about Krampus. That's yeah. very, very recent for us. Um, but yeah, and because we are the type of people who are like, ooh, kitschy shit. America is like, I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, so have, now you've got your Krampus bar crawls and shit like that. Yeah, they have like random like Family Guy or American Dad mm-hmm. or whatever they've done like Christmas specials, so but it was like a Krampus special. When this guy mm-hmm. like did this whole art show about it, he had a ton of people come to him with like proposals about using the Krampus, including Supernatural. Yes, they had, I'm sure they did do a cramp at that. I was going to say, it was in the Wikipedia, so I know it's true. (laughs) 15 seasons of a Christmas holiday to do something supernatural with. I'm sure Krampus came up. So nowadays in Austria and parts of Germany, uh, people still dress up as Krampus uh, to scare children on Krampusnacht, which is December 5th. But they also do- Martha, we have a day. I know. We have to do this tomorrow. We have one day to get this together. Oh, wow. (laughs) So as we are recording this, Krampus Day is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Okay. I have to work in the morning. That's fine. We'll get it done. I'll just, (laughs) you'll come home and be like, why is there so much weird costume shit all over the floor? I'll be like, this is your Krampus costume. Pick it up. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, God. But yeah, so also in um, Austria and some parts of Germany, they do this thing called the Krampus Lauf, which is the Krampus Run, which you would like, but also mostly we would like, which is where people get very drunk and they run through the fucking roads in frightening costumes and they scare children. <laughs> that sounds like so much yeah. fun. It sounds like the best thing in the world. It's basically we like need, a drunken dress-up day. We need to bring that drunk. here to America. This is combining everything that we like. Literally, my last paragraph is, please bring this here. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, back in the 1800s, Christmas was not really a quiet like domestic holiday. It was kind of boisterous and all over the place. So the fact that this Krampus thing has become like a shitty winter Halloween where you get to be a dick but also drunk, just goes hand in hand with the past. So we're all just leaning in. It's great. And Krampusnacht ends up being kind of like a Halloween Christmas (laughs) crossover. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, so that is the history of Krampus, who will come for you if you're a dick. (laughs) Luna, that's you. Krampus is is gonna fucking eat you. Put you in a bag and hit you with a sweat. And I think we should absolutely bring it back. Oh my God. Let's fucking go. Dressing up, being drunk, and scaring children. Let's fucking go. We're going to. That's. I wish we started. I'm so in the spirit. I'm sad that this is going to come out after Krampus. Yeah. But next year, when we have 78 followers instead of. I forget how many we have. Whatever. I think 70. (laughs) Something like that. Eight more followers in a year. Yeah. We're going to fucking do Krampus. Yes. Realistic goals. All around the world. (laughs) Let's fucking go. Krampus in Vegas is perfect. It would be so normal. Mm -hmm. Just bring a switch around and hit people. Be like, we have 69 followers. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Matches those dirty Krampus cards. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that.
Krampus. It's fun, right? It's way more fun. I was like, I want to be able to run around Franken yeah. in like devil costume and scare kids. That sounds like so too. much fun. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us this winter as we watch changes in the DC Universe unfold. We'll keep you informed on DC News, we'll review the future state event, and of course, we'll be talking the Arrowverse shows when they return this January. Thanks for letting us be a part of your DC Comics journey, and thanks for listening to the Earth Station DCU podcast. Part of the ESO Network. All right, this is going to be a fun last part of this podcast. Here we go. So today, I am going to talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Grinch, this is the best. Of course, of course. One of my favorites, especially after our Bestest Boy Max. um, That's true. Actually, that's very true. Bestest Boy Max. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to listen to the Flopcast. Comes out a few days before this one does. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you're listening to this, it already came out. Yep. Came out just a couple of days ago. Flopcast episode 449, I believe. Ah. Oh, geez. I know, right? We've been doing this a long, long time. But I couldn't <laughs> just do a whole podcast episode on Mac. <laughs> so we went with just the overall how the grim still <laughs> i am so excited about this Brittany. so uh, my sources are of course wikipedia I read an article about the moral lessons from how the grim stole christmas right. by simran kurana and then of course how the grim stole christmas by dr seuss the <laughs> So, The Grinch first appeared in a 33-line illustrated poem by Dr. Seuss called The Hubub and the Grinch, Hmm. which was originally published in May 1955 edition of Red Book Magazine. Dr. Seuss began to work on How a Grinch Stole Christmas a couple years later, around the beginning of 1957. Dr. Seuss wrote the book quickly and was mostly finished within a few weeks, but he got hung up on how to end the book and how to get the Grinch out of the not ideal situation he got himself in and um, how to show that he truly learned a lesson. Ah. Dr. Seuss is quoted saying, I got hung up getting the Grinch out of the mess. I got into a situation where I sounded like a second rate preacher or some biblical truism. Mm. Finally, in desperation, without making any statement whatsoever, I showed the Grinch and the Who's together at a table and made a pun of the Grinch carving the roast beast. I had gone through thousands of religious choices. (laughs) And after about three months, this is what I came up with. Literally, we bought roast beef earlier. And you called Called it roast beef. beef. (laughs) Yep, I always call it roast beast. My mom also does that. Mm -hmm. By mid-May 1957, the book was finished and in the mail to the Random House offices in New York. The book debuted in December 1957, and it was in both book version and published by Random House and an issue of Red Book. Dr. Seuss dedicated the book to Theodore Teddy Owens, the one-year-old son of his niece, Peggy Owens, and it quickly became a Christmas classic. 
2002, the book has been translated into nine languages, including Latin. And of course, it's been made into the cartoon, which came out in 1966, which when you said that, I was like, I know this because I just wrote about it. It was just four years (laughs) after Magoo. (laughs) Yep. And it's the one that I grew up on and I will always prefer this version to watch when it comes to Christmas, as well as the live action version with Jim Carrey that premiered in 2000, which I didn't realize was that 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like 2006 or something. So that was crazy. I've never watched the Jim Carrey version. I mean, it's on Netflix. It's not bad. Like the cartoon is definitely better, but Martha May is adorable. I should clarify. I've never watched it and I never will watch it. (laughs) Um, And then there was the new 3D animation film that came out in 2018. And there was also even a Halloween special with the Grinch. Yes, and then, which I've never seen, which now I kind of want to see. It's called Halloween is Grinch Night. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's weird. And then last but not least, there's a musical version that has been around since 1998. Oh. Yeah. Started in New York. or started in California. Yeah. And now it's like bigger. So for those who have lived under a rock, here's a quick summary of how the Grinch stole Christmas <laughs> is. FYI, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't read it. There is a reading of it on the Christmas station on Pandora that pops up while I listen to Pandora every once in a while. You listen long enough, you will hear it. I've heard it about four times so far. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So the Grinch, a grouchy cave-dwelling creature, hates Christmas. His only companion is his unloved but loyal and bestest boy, Doug (laughs) Montmac. Bestest boy, and he resides on the snowy Mount Crumpet, located north of the town of Whoville, home of the warm-hearted and Christmas-loving Hoos. From his cave, the Grinch can hear the noisy Christmas festivities that take place in Whoville. Always annoyed by it, he devises a wicked scheme to steal their presents, Christmas trees, food, everything that he thinks makes Christmas Christmas. He even stole the roast beast. I know, that would be the Christmas food. Yes, he even is. stole the ice. What a bitch. That's <laughs> also, since you live in like fucking snowland, wow. you don't need fucking ice. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> you don't need the snow. He sucks. <laughs> He's so mean to Max. <laughs> he disguises himself by Santa Claus. Poor Max. He gets his tail stuck in the sewing machine because mm-hmm. he just wants to be there when they're. Was he the and um, his bestest boy, Max, is the bestest reindeer ever. Mm. And the Grinch rides a sleigh down the mountain of Whoville, where he begins to steal the Who's Christmas presents, Christmas trees, decorations, and the food. He's briefly interrupted by Cindy Lou Who, who is no more than two, <laughs> and asks the Grinch why Santa is stealing her tree. The Grinch concocts a crappy lie about a light being out, so he's going to bring it to his workshop so he can fix it. The lie works, and he gets her a glass of water, puts her back to bed, and the Grinch escapes. He ends up robbing all the other houses in the village, filling his sleigh with all the Christmas stuff. And he only gets caught in the chimney a couple of times. (laughs) For no more than a minute or two. Those scenes where he gets stuck, stuck? it's like, like that, like you feel it. He looks so painfully Mm -hmm. stuck that it freaks me out every time. There's been people, there's like like legit stories of people being stuck in chimneys and and dying. Oh. Just die. And then they find them later and they're like, why does it smell weird? Yep. That happened to me like six times last year. In the chimney? You got stuck in the chimney. Yeah, yeah. Are you Santa Claus? I've said too much already. (laughs) 
<laughs> you heard it here first on let's go, but first let's talk dirty. <laughs> Kevin is Santa Claus. I want a punching bag for Christmas and rent money. You got it, baby. I would like rent money and also for the pandemic to go away. Done. I guess that's a good one too. <laughs> but I I took it so you can have the punching bag. Okay, right. sweet. Yeah. Martha doesn't want me to hit her anymore. I like where your priorities are at. Brittany wants a punching bag. Martha would like the pandemic to end. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Continue. The Grinch then forces Max to pull the sleigh up to the top of Mount Crumpet. He whips him a bunch of the time because the Grinch is mean. Mm. Max is so cute. Mm. And don't hit your dog. Don't hit your fucking dog or I will stab you with a candy cane. Yep. I will help. (laughs) Martha will suck them into points for me. Don't (laughs) put my DNA on that shit. (laughs) Fair. Mm -hmm. You're getting so good at sucking with our straws, though. I'm going to fucking kill you. Martha got a straws. Yeah. And they're shapes. Here's one. What you it got? Says, Whoa. Ah. It says fuck. Yes. She got us each one. Mine says Brit. And she is a Martha. And then we both have a fuck one. And then we both have a cute little like shape one. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of sucking power to get the liquid all the way through that straw. That is literally for the listeners. Yeah. That is like in cursive handwriting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take a picture. A straw is spelling out the word. This is Martha's glasses. <laughs> wow. I have a pig. And yeah, we both have our names. And mine is actually in the colors of candy canes. It says Brit. Oh, here it comes. Here we go. Got the Brit straw. Yes. The Brit straw. Martha's oh. is really long. <laughs> yeah. Martha, that's that's a lot more letters. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the sucking joke came from because it really does take a lot of power to get the liquid through those straws. Okay. The Grunge tea intends to dump everything into the abyss down the mountain and get rid of Christmas. What a waste. Right? Bitch. Keep that shit for yourself. As Dawn arrives, the Grinch expects the Who's to let out a bitter and sorrowful cry. But instead, much to his shock and then his rage, they all gather around where the main tree was in the center, join hands, and they sing a joyous Christmas song. Yeah, sounds like that, except more harmonized. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. That was accurate. We got it. We're really, we sing a lot on this podcast. Nope. Yeah, this is a weird karaoke podcast. I'm not sure how it, we didn't intend this and we still don't intend it most weeks, but hey. That was solid. You did it. <laughs> I need to move. Okay, so so this puzzles the Grinch in addition to angering him even more till it dawns on him that maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more than just the presents, bright lights, a lot of noise, and the feasting. With this realization, the Grinch's shrunken heart suddenly grows his three sizes and apparently so do his muscles because he's able to lift the sleigh full of everything that's Christmas so because that was about to fall off the cliff and then he returns it to Whoville, bringing back all the Who's belongings. That's what happens when you have that much more blood. Three times more blood. That's it's not it. what happens. Like it's it. That isn't how you get fit. That's science. Just drink more blood. <laughs> what? Okay, so the Who's 
instantly welcome and welcome him and the Grinch then participates in Who's Christmas Feast. He even gets the honor of carving the roast beast. <laughs> which I doubt he's ever carved roast beast before. And I learned from Thanksgiving that carving a turkey is hard. So I don't know how he knows what the fuck he's doing. I literally was like, I don't know how to do this. I normally just stab and grab when I buy a rotisserie chicken. Oh. So here in Chicken Town for Thanksgiving, we have the fake that we have the tofurkey. Yeah. And I could barely carve that thing. But that thing probably doesn't have bones in it. No, of course not. So it shouldn't be just cut it. It was still a huge challenge for me. <laughs> I was like, how do I do this? So I just started stabbing at it with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. All right. Other than just a fun story, there's a much deeper meaning to it. And if you've watched The Grinch before and you don't know what the meaning is, then I don't know what to tell you because they blatantly tell you what the lesson <laughs> is and what this deeper meaning is. But just in case, I'll try to help you out here. Help me. Even though The Grinch took everything physical that has to do with Christmas, he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. How, why? Because maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. I'm going to headbutt. You're the one quoting it with me. <laughs> That's why. Christmas, uh, Christmas is a spirit and a state of mind and a joyous feeling. The Grinch came to understand this. Christmas gift giving should come straight from the heart and it should be received with an open heart is what he learned. True love does not come with a price tag. So don't try to buy love with expensive gifts, but still buy gifts because that is a legit love language that Martha and I both speak. You can buy my It is part of one of the five <laughs> love languages, receiving things. So don't think that buying <laughs> gifts is shallow. It's a legit love language. Some people like gifts better than other, other people. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Every time you fail to appreciate others, you become a Grinch. People find many reasons to complain, but none to express gratitude. Like the Grinch, people hate those who receive and give gifts to others. They find it convenient to troll those who post their happy Christmas messages on Facebook and other social media, and they yell at you if you start to get into the spirit before they want you to. <laughs> oh. So fuck you guys, because Christmas... Oh. Spirit is all fucking year round. This is a personal attack. I get it. Keep it to your fucking <laughs> self. Is my Christmas spirit hurting you? No. Fuck you. I will celebrate Christmas whenever the fuck I want. June usually. Whenever the fuck <laughs> I want. I mean, the, the Grinch came up when you were on the Flopcast, you know, which came out just a couple of days ago, because obviously you both love Max. He's the bestest boy. What we said on the Flopcast is this is a perfect cartoon. It's just gorgeous, start to finish, just beautiful. And it was such an all-star team. The creators, the talent behind this show mm -hmm. was just remarkable, starting from, you know, Dr. Seuss, obviously. But then they got Chuck Jones to direct the thing. And this is the guy, you know, one of the classic directors of the old, you know, Bugs Bunny, Warner Brothers cartoons. They got Boris Karloff 
to narrate yes <laughs> yep this cartoon and you know boris karloff you know that that's yeah frankenstein you know and he's got that amazing creepy <laughs> horror voice but and yet just the yes. perfect voice it's so good they got thurl ravenscroft is the singing voice who sings you're a mean one mr grinch that's <laughs> so the good. best name so i've good. ever heard in my entire actual life thurl ravenscroft thurl ravenscroft that sounds made up all right. So the Grinch story is a lesson in point. If you want to save Christmas from becoming a highly commercialized marketing season, only focused on gift giving, you want to uh, get rid of the frivolous display of wealth and all that stuff and bring back the old Christmas spirit where Christmas carols just warmed your heart and made you feel happy. Just don't do them at my door. Yeah. One yeah. more point I have to make here. Chris Evans loves Christmas, and I bet he's the best gift I'm gonna ever. I'm push you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you so much. Also, it, it turns out, like, being the best gift giver is a lot easier when you have piles of fucking money. He would be the best, but he would get, like, personal <laughs> gifts. They would be meaningful. He's probably the best gift giver ever. Has Chris Evans ever come up on the show before? I don't quite remember. Never. This is the first time. This is the first. I thought so. I thought so. All right, so that's the Grinch. That's that. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us on our podcast. Oh, please. I love you two so much, and I miss that you're not going to be able to come back out here to New England this year, so I'm glad we can do these uh, podcast Christmas celebrations, you know? Absolutely. How is it being our first guest? Are we obnoxious? Yes, and it's been great. (laughs) So say you listen to us every week. You already know we're yeah. fucking obnoxious. I listen to the show every week. And the reason I listen is that it's so well edited. I'm such a fan <laughs> of the editing on this show. I know, Incredible right? editing. Jeez. Yeah. Whoever is editing this thing, they are a genius. Yeah. <laughs> they should get paper. <laughs> As one does. Wah, wah, wah. All right, everyone, so make sure you can always find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also find us on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And you can find Kevin here on the Flopcast on the ESO Network. Yes, we are at flopcast.net and we're also on the ESO Network. Do you have any uh, social media? Where can we find you on social media? Oh, just go to flopcast.net and everything is there. There you go. Literally everything is there. Everything in the universe is at flopcast.net. Everything. Every do you have a Twitter? Yes. And it's at flopcast.net. <laughs> Everything is there. <laughs> we don't have a Twitter because fuck that shit. We have an Instagram. That's about it. Yeah. Twitter's horrible. I never go on Twitter. Not I forget Twitter exists. Yeah, Felicity does the Flopcast Twitter and I have no idea what she's posting because I never look at it. That's trust. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for coming on. It was a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to go. Let's end this. End it. Stop. We're done. We're ending. You got to do the thing. Got to wrap up and do this. See you next Tuesday. Oh, shit. We, I guess we'll see you next Tuesday. Holy shit. Good morning. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping. Okay. <laughs>
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.